This is the reality. Hello to you. Welcome to The Reality, a half-hour talk show talking about the sure reality of real life as found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I'm Dudley Anderson. Really good to have your company. Let me remind you, as always, I do appreciate emails very much indeed. If you can, send me an email, Dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y, at surereality.net. Tasha Layton has circled the globe driven and inspired by a love relentless and unconditional. Growing up in a small town in South Carolina, Tasha fell in love with Jesus, music and worship at an early age. Sadly, however, her flame nearly blew out after a painful division took place in her home church. Tasha's self-worth plummeted and she began to doubt her musical gifts, her calling and her place in the world. Those fears, doubts and scars followed her into college, where deep depression took hold, driving her to the brink of suicide. I went to Buddhist meditation camp, I went to synagogue, I went to mosque, I studied mysticism in Europe for a couple of summers. I did anything I could do to seek out different paths. At the end of all of that, I I was very alone, I felt very numb. Um, very depressed, tried to commit suicide, and at that lowest of low point, I realized in all these other religions that you're striving to be good enough for God, you're striving to reach the divine, and yet in Christianity, it says He is Emmanuel, God with us. He came to earth. Disillusioned with Christianity, she changed her major from music to religion and attended Buddhist meditation camps, went to mosques and synagogues. And she even studied mysticism. But her wild search led her straight back to Jesus Christ. One foot in front of the other, Tasha Layton discovered the unconditional and relentless love of God. God opened great opportunities for Tasha, and entering the popular television program American Idol, she ended up as one of the remaining 60 contestants of the program. I spoke with Tasha Layton via Skype for today's The Reality. Well, talking to Tasha Layton on Skype today. Tasha, you've circled the globe and you've been inspired by a love relentless and unconditional love of our Lord. And you grew up in a small town in California. What was your childhood like? Well, you know, I actually grew up in South Carolina. I lived in California for 10 years, but my hometown is in South Carolina, and we Mm. had one flashing light and a volunteer fire station. So it was a very, (laughs) very small town. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents loved Jesus and loved people. And they were a wonderful example for me. Um, I I didn't have a true encounter, I believe, with God's presence, though, until maybe eight years old. We switched churches, and I walked in, and I experienced the presence of God for the first time. I think before then, it had been um, sort of a religiosity in my mm-hmm. life, um, and, you know, just what you're expected to do. But then when I walked in that day— I felt something different, and in the music and in people's attitudes, I just knew that it was the presence of God, and I really became hungry for more. Wow. And obviously, uh, music uh, is very significant in your life, and uh, so Mm -hmm. the music played a part, really, in, in discovering the reality of Jesus. Did you get involved in the music in that church? 
I did. I, I started, you know, on the youth worship team because I was younger and um, did that for several years. And then any sort of missions trips I could go on or prayer meetings or Bible studies. I mean, I I did anything I could do. I was very hungry um, for God and for His presence and to know more about the Bible and just had a genuine love for Him. I think um, I really wanted to be a true follower of Christ. And I think um, there were a lot of things in that season that became a, a very good foundation for me later in life. Mm, mm, fantastic. So approximately how old were you at that, that stage? Uh, I started going to that church when I was around eight, and then I um, left the church maybe as a mid-teen. Okay. Okay, as folk often do, you know, we go to church, we find the Lord as a, as a child, come teenager, and we're off. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you did you go through a, a, a rebellious time when you walked away from God and from the church? No, not really. I, I think I was really just searching for truth. And, you know, like a lot of people, I was very wounded in the church. It wasn't mm-hmm. um, a shallow wound. It was a very deep wound and was hurt by church leadership. And tell, me, tell me a little bit about that. You know, it's it's a tragic reality in life, uh, I suppose. You know, it's human behavior, really, uh, not just in church. Yeah. We find it in business and in homes, too. But um, we often call it church politics. Politics, when you know mm-hmm. pride and and opinions creep in, tell me a little bit about that, if you can. You know, I I really wanted the approval of the leaders there at the church, like you know any good Christian girl would. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very Type A, the rule follower, um, and you know I didn't know that the one of the leaders struggled with mental health and um, was having her own struggle, and so. Um, was really wounded by some things she said to me and some things she was accusing me of within the church that weren't true. And after a time of that, when you know, you're know you young and impressionable, you start to begin to think, oh, is something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, am I to blame here? Did I, I know I didn't do what she's saying that I did, but what is it in me that is causing her to think that I would do that? You know, not knowing that she was not well. And so Uh um, I just began to question my identity in Christ. Um, I questioned, you know, how people could be Christian and also hurt people and say things that weren't true. And um, I just became very disillusioned. And at that time, I I started out as a music major in college, but I switched to religion. Um, I call myself a music school dropout. Mm -hmm. I began searching in college and I switched my major from music to religion because I really needed to know what was true. And if what I had believed as a child and growing up was what I actually believed for myself. And so I I went to Buddhist meditation camp, I went to synagogue, I went to mosque, I studied mysticism in Europe for a couple of summers. Um, I did anything I could do to seek out different paths. And at the end of all of that, I I was very alone, I felt very numb, um, very depressed, became suicidal. Hmm tried to commit suicide, and at that lowest of low point, I realized in all these other religions that you're striving to be good enough for God, you're striving to reach the divine, and yet in Christianity, it says He is Emmanuel, God with us. He came to earth to come to us, to bridge the gap, and He's in hot pursuit of us. Mm -hmm. And so that made 
an intellectual leap for me. Um, I decided to love God with my mind, even if I couldn't feel anything, even if I was numb. I decided, you know, I'm just going to walk the path of Christianity because it's the only thing that has offered true peace and power to transform in my life. And so I went to church for about a year and didn't feel anything. I just decided to go. I thought, you know, at some point it's going to stick. <laughs> and um, and then after that year was up, the pastor said, um, you know, if to anyone in the congregation, if you want a touch from the Lord, come up and we'll pray for you. And I went up at the end of the service and left three hours later. I was a sobbing mess on the floor. <laughs> Totally, you know, God's presence broke um, a lot of things in my life in a, in a beautiful way, and it, that started me on a path of healing. Mm-hmm. You know, I found it very uh, interesting that, uh, you know, having grown up in a Christian environment, gave your life to Jesus at, a, at an early age, uh, and then uh, under the offense, sadly, um, started seeking other religions. And in your, in your quest, as you were delving into these other religions, did you find any, any hope, any, any truth in any of these other faiths? I do believe I found some truth. Did I find hope? No. Mm-hmm. But did I find some truth? Yes, because I think any any lie has a piece of the truth in it. And I think that everything I searched out had an element of what you find in Christianity in it. Um, whether that be meditation, you know, David says in the Psalms, I meditate on your word day and night, uh, whether that was, um, you know, kind of seeking the truth through law and through kind of rules and regulations. I found a lot of that in some of the religions that I searched out and just sort of the ethereal experience that probably people in the New Testament experienced, um, you know, I, and maybe the book of Acts. So I, I did I do I do believe that I found pieces of truth. Mm-hmm. I just didn't find the wholeness. Mm-hmm. I didn't find hope or the power to transform. There is a power when I read scripture and when I experience uh, Christian worship that I did not sense. I, I sensed emotionalism. I sensed things that seemed like power in other religions, but I, I don't think I experienced the same thing. And that's just my personal mm-hmm. um, experience with it. But there was no power to transform when the rubber met the road, in mm-hmm. my experience. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, humanity, mankind, uh, you know, we fell short of God's glory way back in the beginning, whenever that was. And as a result, I think ever since then till now, uh, mankind has been looking for God. You know, we mm-hmm. seek God and various religions and 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 philosophies uh, across the ages. Men and, and and women have been looking for the truth, and the fact exactly. is, Jesus said, "I am the truth and the way mm-hmm. and the life to come to God Almighty." And it also says in the scriptures that without faith, it's impossible to please our God. So we need to have faith in Him. And uh, Tasha, you quoted as saying, "Faith is a choice." Can you explain that for me? I think that when you depend on your emotions to lead you, they will lead you astray. And, you know, the Hebrew Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your strength, soul, and mind, uh, with everything you have. And I think that, you know, the Jewish people have a corner on this because they really 
you know, devote themselves in every area of their lives to God. And I believe that when we depend on the emotion to guide us, we will be left wanting. However, when you make a choice, you know, faith is not about what you see. It's about what you don't see. And that's a choice. When you don't see it, you have to make the choice to believe anyway. And so I do believe faith is a choice. And, you know, there will be seasons when you feel that faith in your emotional state, and there will be seasons when you don't. And I think true, uh, a true following of Jesus is following him no matter what you feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I often say to young people, um, you know, that grow up in church, like you, like me, I grew up in a church environment too, that you have to come to a place in your life when you have to discover your own faith, not your parents' faith or the pastor's faith, but your own faith. And would you agree, Tasha, that that's the point at which you say, okay, I got it wrong and I need a personal experiential faith. I've got to experience you for myself. What would your your thoughts or your words be to somebody listening today, maybe a young person thinking, "Mm, I've had enough of this church stuff. Uh, You know, I don't know if I can really trust God. What would you say to that person? I would say don't be discouraged, number one, because, you know, a lot of times we look at people as if they're God, and we transfer our need for God towards people, and people are going to let you down. People are not perfect. People are not infinite as He is, and I think they are always going to let us down, and I think the first thing you have to do is realize that our experience within the church is going to be messy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be imperfect <laughs> because it's made up of messy, imperfect people yeah. in need of grace. And if we look at ourselves long enough, we're going to you know, be able to tell how in need of grace we truly are. And so, first off that, but secondly, I would say, don't judge yourself for your journey and don't judge other people for their journey because everyone is in a different place in their search for God and their knowing of God. And I think when when you, you know, seek out truth elsewhere, people are going to judge you, especially people who maybe haven't had that journey yet and they're intimidated by it or scared of your questions, God is not scared of your questions. Mm. He is not scared of you doubting and searching out because all truth is His truth. Anything good comes from Him. And when you find something that is good and truthful, you have found Him. And so I think He's not scared of your doubting and questions. Um, So you don't be either. Mm. Don't be scared of it. Just ask Him to lead you him to the test. It says in John that he will lead us into all truth. And I think when you put him to the test, he will show himself faithful. I believe in him that much. And I believe that that is who he says he is. He is a God that can be put to the test because he is strong enough and big enough and infinite enough to handle that. The reality is produced in partnership with the Good News Broadcasting Association. To listen to this program again, please visit the website gnba.net. For more information about GNBA and other radio programs that we produce, please send an email to info at gnba.net. Email us info at gnba.net.
It's so good to have your company. Thank you so much. If you've clicked on in listening to our podcast or listening at uh, this radio station, it's really good to have your company. Let me just remind you that uh, you're listening to The Reality. I'm Dudley Anderson, and I do appreciate emails very much from you indeed. If you've been listening up and you have some questions or you need some prayer, I would really be grateful to pray with you. Please write me an email, Dudley, spelled D-U-D-L-E-Y, that's my name, Dudley, at surereality.net. The reality is produced by Sure Reality Media in partnership with Good News Broadcasting Association. And so today on The Reality, we're speaking with singer and songwriter Tasha Layton. Tasha has shared how, coming from a small town, she attended church with her parents. Here she found the love of Jesus and gave her heart to serving Him through the worship ministry. Sadly, however, in her later teens, Tasha suffered verbal and emotional abuse from one of the church leaders, a lady who herself was suffering from a mental illness. This left Tasha disillusioned with church and Christianity at large. She embarked on a quest to find the truth by studying other religions. In this quest, she earnestly sought God and found herself making a circle right back to church again. Through the gentle ministry of a new pastor, Tasha Layton recommitted her life to Jesus and experienced the true touch of the Holy Spirit. Tasha found that although other religions offer shaded truth, which in her words is akin to lies, real truth can only be found in the one who is the way, the life, and the truth. Jesus Christ. Tasha Layton discovered the consistent faithful love of God is a love relentless and unconditional. So she found herself back in church serving God through music. One day, she was invited to audition for the popular American television program American Idol. She got in. Let's find out more. We're speaking with Tasha Layton today via Skype. Yes, you know, I never expected to do something like that. I mean, I, I had always loved music, but when I auditioned for Idol, I was actually a pastor at a church, and I I didn't have any musical aspirations outside of the church. And so some friends of mine were auditioning, and they said, you know, you should come hang out with us at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. And I show up, and, uh, you know, there are 17,000 people, and they're only choosing two or 300. And I thought, gosh, this is nuts. This is crazy. You're not going to, you're not going to make it, nor am I. And so, uh, ended up, you know, that day I did make it through the next round and I kept making it through the next round to Hollywood week and, uh, was on the same season as Lauren Daigle and Tori Kelly and some other people. And it was just an incredible experience. I, I, I felt a little bit behind, so to speak, because I'd only known Christian music growing up. And so I had to learn all of these songs that I was singing. Um, and so I just felt like I was on a huge learning curve. But it was a good experience. It helped me to really know how, you know, music and television work together and, um, you know, casting and all of that th- stuff. I really kind of uh, had a crash course, so to speak, mm. in all of that. But, you know, when it was over, I thought, gosh, I really think that I might be called to do music outside of the church. And that shocked me because I never anticipated that. And I met with my pastor and told him and he said, oh, we've known that for years, Tasha. <laughs> We're <just> glad <laughs> that you finally figured it out. And so uh, then I, I just kept my eyes open and my heart open to whatever door God chose to uh, open up to me. And um, sure enough, I, I got a call to audition for the Kesha Rihanna tour and um, was supposed to be, you know, starting rehearsal on a Wednesday at 2 p.m. 
And I called them at 11 because I just had a still small voice say that it wasn't right mm-hmm. in my spirit. And I called them to let them know. I, when I got off the phone, I thought, oh, my gosh, I've made a huge mistake. Not many people get this opportunity. Am I self-sabotaging? You know, the whole nine yards. And then uh, when 2 o'clock rolled around, I got a call from Katy Perry's manager. Can you be here in 20 minutes? <laughs> and so if I had started that job, I never would have gotten the job with Katy, which was a much better fit and um, was God's will for me. But I learned the song on the way, downloaded it on my phone, and <laughs> I left for Madison Square Garden two days later. And wow. it was a crazy ride. I was on the road with her for four years, and um, it was an incredible experience. Wow. As a small town uh, American girl and growing up in church and getting into the ministry, landing up on the set and the stage of American Idol, what are some of the obstacles, some of the difficulties that you faced? I think, you know, being on the road is very hard. I think people, you know, they see the glamorous aspect of it, but they don't see the sleepless nights, the hard travel, the loneliness of you being so far away from all of your friends and family, uh, you know, the exit and reentry of coming in and out of town all the time, Mm. all of the time. And, you know, uh, people not inviting you to birthday parties anymore (laughs) because they just assume you're out of town. Uh, So it's a different life, and I think, you know, just being around fame in general, uh, you can really tell how hard it is on your psyche, um, you know, what it, it it really does chemically change your brain, they found, but Mm -hmm. it's a very difficult life to live when people know you and you feel as if you live in a glass house. So there are a lot of challenges. I, I thankfully, you know, had already gone to seminary, was a pastor to church, had a wonderful community. And so I felt supported in a lot of ways um, through that loneliness, but it, it was nevertheless hard indeed. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with, uh, with the fame and, uh, you know, the, the compliments and uh, the cheers and the, and, the, and the pride that comes with it? How did you deal with all that? Well, I think, you know, knowing who you are and who you're not is the way to start because I think if I'd had this job in my early 20s, it would have ruined me and I probably would have let it go to my head. I think um, being, you know, kind of mid to late 20s and having some education and experience under my belt, I I just knew who I was and I knew who I didn't want to be. And I think watching sort of um, the emptiness of a life lived in fame, expecting that to feed your soul. You know, there's a reason um, it says in the New Testament, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. Because at the end of the day, none of that really matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're laying in your bed at night, wrestling with both yourself and with circumstances around you, or say a crisis, a loved one who's passing or sick or a lost um, job or, or something else, you know, fame doesn't help any of that. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the only way. And so I think at the end of the day, you just have to say, you know, God, I, I want you to be the center of it all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So after American Idol, were you able to produce an album? Did you get into the, the secular music scene in a big way? Not really. I I wasn't too interested in doing my own music on the secular side. I, at the end of touring with Katie, I really missed leading worship and I missed singing songs that directly connected people to God. Mm. And 
I missed my calling. You know, I, I gave my life um, to Christ sort of in a new way, a fresh way in my teen years and really dedicated my life to ministry. And so when I was done with that part of my journey with Katie, I, I really wanted to get started on what I believed I was called to. And that was full-time ministry. Um, I didn't necessarily see that as being full-time in the church. I just definitely saw that as being full-time in reference to Christian music and worship. And so um, I moved to Nashville and I started writing, uh, not really with specific goals in mind. I, I didn't anticipate getting signed or any of that. I just knew that I had something to say, that I felt a message that God had given me to give to the world. And so that's where I started. And then I ended up, you know, uh, signing with BC in Seattle and um, signing to management. And now I, I do this full time. Mm-hmm. So what is how many how many discs have we got on the shelf? Oh, uh, we have two. We've got cool. Love Running Wild cool. and Into the Sea, Fantastic. And, which just came out. And then we're working on a little Christmas ditty right now. Okay. Good stuff. Love running wild. Well, that leads me to my last, really, my last thought uh, today. Tasha, thank you so much for your time uh, to chat with me. Uh, You quoted as saying that your walk was uh, getting one foot in front of the other during your crises, time and and difficulties. Uh, Over the mountains, into the valleys, across the sea and into the stars, the unconditional and relentless love of God has taken you on a wild ride. So where, do you, where are you on that ride of God's love right now? Mm, that's a beautiful question, Dudley. Uh, I think that I have tasted and seen that God is good, obviously. And I, I truly believe that I'm walking in my calling and I am fulfilling prayers that were prayed as a teenager to be able to serve God in certain ways. And every day, I am faced with, you know, as as a, a wife and a mother and an artist and a worship leader, a pastor, at some point I feel as if I'm dropping a ball all the time. At some point of the day I feel as if something is not getting my attention because I definitely feel pulled. But God's grace in that season, God's grace in this season of my life is so beautiful, and I so sense the love of God giving me that grace every day and just asking me to trust Him to order my day and to be able to hand over my life to Him fresh every day and ask Him to do with it whatever He wants. And it's a beautiful place of surrender to be in, and I've, I've really enjoyed being in that place and also observing God's love for me in a fresh way after having my kids. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like uh, understanding the love of God in a new way after you have children. And so um, that's kind of where I am. And it's Lovely. it's wonderful. I'm not, I'm not even uh, putting on at all or wow. faking it at all with you right now. It Great. is truly wonderful, and I'm really, really happy. Praise God. Tell me about the kids. How many kids you got? Oh, my gosh. We have two miracle babies, Uh Levi and Lila. Levi is three years old. He just turned three, and Lila is eight months. Fantastic. Wonderful. Dasha, thank you so much for joining us today on The Reality. We pray God's continued blessing and growth in your life and your ministry Mm -hmm. and your family. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Dudley.
And so today, listening to the testimony of Tasha Layton here on The Reality. Just to remind you, if you have any questions or you would like to make contact with me, I'd love to receive an email from you, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality Media in partnership with Good News Broadcasting Association. Find out more about GNBA at the website gnba.net and listen again to this insert once again at gnba.net. From me to you, as always, keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus.